1: From the Cycling Independent, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my host, uh, John, Robot, Amlin, something or other, Lewis. Uh, Each week we take a look at how cycling (laughs) fits in our lives.
2: Oh, uh, how are you doing, buddy? You're back from Vermont? I'm back from Vermont. Uh, My back didn't come back with me. It's in spasm. Uh, I've spent most of this week laying on a heating pad. Oh, um, dude. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, Yesterday, I, I I, bent over slightly to move a couch cushion and, and got zapped like I've been oh. tased. Gosh. All right. Yeah. Been yeah. there. Done that.
1: Got the postcard. Um, yeah. Do you have it's muscle good remixes? times.
2: I don't. Oof. I don't. But. You know, I you know, I love some suffering, so uh and as I was saying to you earlier, that which doesn't kill you definitely softens you up so the next thing will. So I'll yes. be out of my
1: misery soon. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm uh mm, I'm sorry to hear it. Um Yep. Yeah. So um alrighty, well, let's let's jump on in. What are you pulling on this week?
2: Um well TCI reader and Paceline listener, John Knowlton, added us uh, this last week with a couple ideas that I think are central to my cycling experience. Uh, one of which, uh, the one I'm going to talk about today, is what I call the fetish. <laughs> and and I'll <laughs> give you likely. an example, okay. and then I'll get to John's, you know, predicament or question uh, or a topic. I don't know what, what we want to call it, but so uh, it, here's an example. Everyone who rides a bike regularly pumps up their tires to maintain a good rolling speed, yep. um, avoid getting flats, etc. You pump up your tires uh, and they lose air and then you pump them up again. Yep. Pumping your tires up uh, is not the fetish. Using a digital gauge to measure the air pressure in your tires every single time and maybe even making notes relative to different pressures, that's the fetish. Okay, I'll buy that. Wearing a cycling cap is not the fetish. Collecting cycling caps is the fetish. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I totally buy that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, John says... Uh, I have begun waxing, not body parts, bike chains. <laughs> I have read some people online extolling the money saving virtue of longer chain life, but the ten bucks a year that that might save is entirely irrelevant when I spend upwards of three grand annually on cycling. I have begun waxing chains because he's not sure. <laughs> Uh, He says, hmm, maybe I like the tedious process of cleaning and drying chains, the smell of molten wax, the controlled complexity of deciding to make this little tiny part of my life a little harder than it needs to be. This might be a good topic, he says, for your cycle cycle, psychological pun intended uh, exploration. So so John has the fetish. I get it. Uh, yeah. I've yep. never waxed yep. a chain myself, but I used to carefully remove my chains, clean them with a toothbrush and degreaser, then put them in an old peanut butter jar with more degreaser, shake them, and then leave them overnight before reinstalling and carefully lubricating again the next day. So I get that I get the 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 um the investment in uh, time-consuming. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Rigmarole, uh, minutia. That's it. <laughs> time-consuming minutia. Okay. Um, the fe- so this is the fetish, right? This is like when you've t- taken your cycling from like a regular hobby to a real like obsessive. Uh, nonsensical level um and you know the fetish it's a is a way of expressing love for cycling Uh uh-huh yeah that love then comes out in all sorts of weird tangential ways like chain waxing but it's still love it it's kinky don't get me wrong but it's (laughs) but it's love and honestly honestly there's something heartening about the process of caring for things right Making them last rather than using them up and throwing them away. I'm not saying everyone needs to wax their chains, but John should know that it's not at all a bad thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, we have relationships of sorts with our bicycles. And while I'm being funny by calling it a fetish, investing in, in your relationships is seldom a bad idea unless waxing your chain is a way of avoiding investment in other possibly more important relationships
1: <laughs> ones that you can't
2: conduct but, in the garage yeah that's right uh i mean you can but your results may vary anyway what do you, what do you think of john's situation well
1: i mean it's 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 fun and funny to laugh about this as being a fetish uh kinky um yeah And I I get all that, and I I don't disagree, Um, but at the same time, you know, one of the things that we do as cyclists is we poke fun at our our, our oddities, our our fetishes, um, because if we laugh about it before anybody else does, it takes the sting out. If anybody else laughs, well, we made them laugh, we were in control of it, and that That takes the sting out of somebody laughing at something that we do and we care about. And so, you know, setting all that aside for a second, here we have a listener who has a love of process and cycling is as Zen an activity as there is. And so you don't get into cycling unless you love to do the thing. And I can see... How once someone has gotten good at waxing a chain, by gum, you want to go do that again, because when yeah, a difficult satisfying. process, yeah, when a difficult process comes out well, you know, there's a there's a real reward in that. Um, and yeah. so, you know, while yes, we can we can poke the fun, we can laugh about our our crazy things that we do. Um, I have more socks than a, a grown man should. Um, I'm just going to put that out there and leave it for the vultures to pick over. You know, um, and maybe it's just because I'm in a sensitive place right now, quite honestly, but you know, it's, um, uh, well, maybe I should back up and say, you know, I tried waxing the chain once it was, um, you know, there's a, there's an expletive. Actually, there are a number of expletives I can insert right here a set ahead of <laughs> what I'm really going to say, which was, uh, it was a disaster. Yeah. Um, uh, it did not go well. I was well, not well suited, uh, to waxing chains. Maybe if I had more correct tools and I, God only knows what else. Um, but having seen, what a mess it can be and how difficult it can be. Um, when someone actually gets excited about doing that, it's honestly really cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. As I say, I think it's an expression of love. Um, you know, love of process, love of the bike, uh, love of occupying your mind with those sort of, um, detailed things yep I dig it uh yeah I'm I'm totally with you it's a
1: and you know just to say it again good grief somebody actually enjoys doing this um that's <laughs> that's uh that is it
2: is a remarkable world when you first started talking about it you you there was a depth of understanding there I was about to a- accuse you of being a chain waxer <laughs> i don't wax anything um <laughs> you do have a di- you do have a you do have a digital pressure gauge though don't you uh i
1: i do i'm not sure where it is right now i wish i could find it um although i could oh. use my uh right. my silka uh pump uh with the app i can use that when when called upon but I do have a digital pressure gauge somewhere and I, yeah, no, I don't know where it is. Um, sure. 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 I I have thought that maybe I should actually replace it. So there's, there's that scary thought. Yes. Um, yeah,
2: I, I I am not somebody who would ever take notes about pressure. You can ignore my questions. I'm just trying to like fetish shame you here. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You don't have a spreadsheet.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, all you have to do is go go after my collection of books and my inability to let go of books. Yeah, um, because I mean that. Yeah, that's certainly a fetish yeah, of mine. Yeah, I, I have, I have more too. books that I can get to. Uh, yeah, I don't have more wine than I can get to. I've got friends who have more got- books than socks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm bound to. I I definitely have, you know, even if we count the socks individually, I still have more books than that. (laughs) Should I have not admitted that uh, in the course of a podcast? (laughs) Maybe not. Okay. Um, Well, uh, you know bully for john uh i'm i'm curious how many other listeners we've got out there who are waxing their chains um uh only chains not waxing anything else but just chains um i'd, I'd be curious to know how many other people actually go to that kind of trouble because um, i've seen what kind of trouble it is
0: yeah um all righty well what do you say we take a break and we'll be back in just a minute The Pace Line is brought to you by The Cycling Independent. We are the only online cycling publication that's entirely reader-supported, with absolutely no advertiser, sponsor, or investor commitments influencing our editorial. We don't have a sales team or middle management. It's just the three founders and a collection of talented and committed contributors who independently produce our content. To maintain our commitment to honest, reader-focused editorial, With the best writers in the business, we need your help. Every dollar that comes in goes directly toward creating the content you see. A subscription is cheap, easy, and it goes a heck of a long way. Just go to cyclingindependent.com, click on Support TCI, and choose your level. Thanks for listening.
2: Okay, we're back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. Uh, Time for your poll. What do you got for us this week? Okay, Well, my poll this week concerns bike fit. Now I'm going
1: to say that there's a somewhat self-serving reason for this. So I'll just get in front of it. Uh, I'm going to be working as a fitter for a shop in Memphis, Tennessee, Outdoors Incorporated. Um, I'm spending a lot of time in Memphis because of my mom. And I got to talking with uh, one of the owners, Joe Royer at Outdoors. And anyone who's spent any time in Memphis probably has run across Joe. but I found out they didn't have anyone doing fittings for them. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do fittings for outdoors. And I'm really excited about it. Um, but here's why doing a poll all about fit is legit. This is the perfect time of year for riders to look at, uh, at what their fit is and maybe uh, getting fit by a professional fitter. Late winter, early spring is when we hopefully have healed up from any of the previous season's injuries. Um, And we are also at our least flexible uh, that we're going to be all year long. Uh, Getting a fit that works for you at this time of year will work for you all season long. Whereas if you get your fit done at the height of the season, that can result uh, in a fit skewed to when you're at your fittest and most flexible. And that means that all it will take is one injury to make the reach to the bar unacceptable. Um fitting is something that I think most riders ought to do every two or three years. Um and especially if you're someone who's riding more than 250 days a year, you should be fit about every other year. Um one of the most important lessons I've learned about fitting is that it has the ability to correct things that you may not think can be corrected, um, I once helped a rider who thought that shoulder pain was just a part of cycling. Just if you rode a bike, you were going to hurt. Um, and then I shortened his stem and raised his bar, um, and the the net result was that he could ride with a flatter back, making him more arrow, and he was pain free. Uh, that's the sort of success that makes. Being a fitter, just so much fun. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to do this again. Uh, I've been doing, you know, one or two a year for some years now, and uh, well, I'm I'm going to have an actual schedule here in Memphis.
2: That's a cool thing. I think fitting. I think fitting is super important. You know, I know a lot of self-fit riders, and what mm-hmm. I see is that. Almost all self-fits start with an assumption, right? Like I like <laughs> my, either they start with like, this is my saddle height, which may or may not be optimal. Right. Um, and then everything else sort of cascades from that. Uh, and it can cascade quickly kind of in the wrong directions. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it can be everything from like it could it, it could be like oh this is where I put my cleats on my shoes. Um, well, why do you put them there? What's the you know do you have any objective reason for doing that or that's just how you happen to screw them in? And then you know then your saddle position might be dictated by where those go, and then you know your saddle position will affect your reach. And before you know it. You you're off. And and being off, you know, um in the the Phil Cavell book that I reviewed uh last year, uh The Midlife Cyclist um talks about uh people being macro absorbers or micro adjusters. Uh the macro absorber can just ride in any position and adapt to it, and that's just fine. And the micro adjuster really needs to tweak all those little details. And I think What we learn as we get older, we always pretty much if you're 25 and a a macro absorber, you're going to be 45 and a micro adjuster. You're going (laughs) to every every cycling. That's right. Every cycling injury uh, that isn't a crash is a repetitive use injury. And I know there's a lot of skeptics out there who are like, oh, why does this millimeter matter, and why does that centimeter make a difference, and what, you know, does two degrees of angle in this really make a difference? And what I'm telling you is that on one pedal stroke it doesn't, and on a hundred pedal strokes it doesn't, and on a thousand pedal strokes it doesn't, but maybe it does on ten thousand pedal strokes, and it certainly does on a hundred thousand. And if you ride enough, you're definitely getting those numbers, so getting a fit done is a good way to um avoid those injuries and and they're the sorts of injuries and I know because I've lived them that end you up <laughs> they're long-term injuries they're the sort that end you uh, end you up in physical therapy which is itself a slow and tedious process so Folks will folks will balk at fits because they think they're expensive or they don't need them, but um, you know it's like tripping over a, a dollar to pick up a penny.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's a really good way to put it. You know, one of the things that I've been doing is I've been going back and looking at uh, some of the various books that I've got on Fit um, and checking in with some folks who I know who are in the Fit biz and. You know, I gotta admit, like I think I keep up to date pretty well with you know where the current thinking is, and you know, yeah, I use a goniometer and I check a person's flexibility and whatnot, but the last time I was in a certification class, the thinking was that you wanted the cleat pretty much as close to your midfoot as you could get it um and that that has evolved. Um, it's now back forward some. So if you take uh the ball of your foot, and then that's the head of your first metatarsal, and you take the head of your fifth metatarsal, and you kind of divide the fore-aft distance between those, the thinking is now that's where the cleat should be. So, you know, one of the things I'm gonna be doing while I get uh once I'm back home is that I'm gonna be looking at all of my bikes and all of my <laughs> shoes. And, you know, part of what you were just touching on is how fit is a spider web. If you touch a spider web in one place, the whole thing shakes. And so, right. the moment you move your saddle, uh, you know, it changes your reach. Uh, it changes the relationship between your knee and your pedal spindle. Um there's you know this belief that like you get your saddle height set and then everything just flows from there it's like well you get your cleat set after you've set your saddle and then once you get your cleats set then you reset your saddle and you know it's um it is really um a kind of bizarre process when you follow it as carefully as you should i always think of like you know oh i should be able to get this done you know anchor one thing and everything else will flow and it's like mm. No. No, you you kind of ease it into place. Um
2: yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of fitters to start with an intermediate position. So in the initial fitting, they'll say we're going to start you here and then as you get fit, we're going to go to here. Yeah. Um the thing I can I can tell you, I am not a fitter. Uh I have helped some people with their bike fits just based on spending some years in the custom bike business and learning things sort of peripherally um i would never charge money for a bike fit myself but um one thing i can tell you from my limited experience is that every rider who hasn't had a bike fit has a lot of low hanging fruit as far as making improvements <laughs> like the number of people whose yep. saddle heights i've fixed uh followed by you know saddle tilt um you know they yeah. they'll complain about their reach but their saddle is back tilted uh and it's only back tilted subtly but yeah it's enough that your sit bones can't anchor and you're reaching so i mean it's just it's just it's you don't know what you don't know uh and getting in a room with someone who knows a little better uh can improve your comfort make you faster and i, I again i've also talked to people who are like oh i'm not trying to go fast well no Yeah, you're not trying to go fast, but you want to go as fast as you can when you put in the effort that you put in. Um, No one I know is trying to go slower. So, uh, yeah, the investment and fits are, you know, I I think the current, uh, the going rate for a fit now is about 300 bucks, um, which uh, can seem like a lot to folks, but if you can ride a fit for... For a couple, three years, and it can improve your cycling and remove your pain. Geez, I mean, I just think uh, even if you were getting your
1: fits done, yeah. I mean, if you were just doing fits annually, you know, that's less than a dollar a day. Um, to be more comfortable, um, and you know, yeah, if you could go a half mile per hour faster for how, however much effort you've been making, why not? You know, sure. Um, Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, there's, well, I hope we're going to hear more about your, your, I hope we're going to hear more about your fitting adventures.
1: I, I think you will. Uh, I, I am genuinely, I, maybe this is partly uh, a response to the pandemic of, you know, I've always kidded that like you know, you know, it's serious when the introverts are going, man, I got to get out and socialize. Uh, I've been cooped up for so long. This is a a great way I've dreamt up for being in contact with people again. And also, you know, to be really honest about it, I see a lot of people here in Memphis who need help with their fit. In Northern California, there are so many really great shops who have done such a great job of communicating, you need a good fit. Uh, I don't see a lot of really bad fits in Northern California. Here in Memphis, cool. um, there's a lot of tendonitis in this town, I'm guessing.
2: <laughs> there's a lot of tendonitis in this town. I like
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the new tendonitis sheriff. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so, we're going to be kicking this off pretty soon. I'm excited. Cool. Yeah.
2: Cool. All righty.
1: Well, let's move on to paceline picks.
2: So I was all set to talk about a great pair of winter pants I picked up recently, um, made by Swerve, uh, out of LA, uh, Uh and they are great. But then I thought, but then I thought it's March and we have talked about the winter and cold weather too much. So instead I'm picking a a more, uh, what I'll call shoulder season item, uh, which is the Uh Panache Pro Wind Vest. Um, Panash did our kit when we had uh, Red Kite Prayer going, yeah, and I'm still wearing that stuff all the time. I really like the vest <laughs> Me too yeah, yeah, it's really good stuff. Uh, I was at Panash once. They share an office with um Colby Pierce, a former track national champion, and I believe still our record holder for the 45 to 50 age group. Yes, yes. Um, uh, who he crushed is a, f- a very
1: hard mark, by the way. He crushed a very uh, high mark set by a friend of mine.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's a monster, that guy. He's a yeah. quiet monster. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, I've met the Panache guys. They're they're nice. I really like the vest as a layer for cold to warm rides. Um, the pockets in that vest are great. Uh, you know, it's like they're the right height and the right sort of tension. Uh, and Panache's clothing is also, well-made. You know how, like when you pull on a piece of clothing that's made just right, it actually feels different. Like you can feel the quality in it. Um, so the wind protection is great. And so while it's not heavy at all, it gives great warmth, especially at speed. Uh, and key for me is the mesh back, which lets heat escape so I can regulate my temperature, uh, better than I can in most other tops. Um, The current iteration of the pro wind vest comes in a houndstooth pattern, which reminds me of the pants I had to wear going to private school in the 80s, (laughs) but it's pretty handsome. uh, Nonetheless, Uh, like Slinky, it's good for a boy or a girl. Um, Retail on that (laughs) thing is $125, which is a lot, but I've had mine for nearly 10 years now, uh, and it's nowhere near the end of its life so this might be a one and done sort of purchase
1: yeah uh and you know i'll i'll mention if somebody wants to put a note in the comments if they're interested we actually still have some of those uh panache uh vests in the rkp kit colors oh yeah uh i know a guy who could send you a fresh one even though it sounds like you don't need it
2: i don't but i i might invest anyway (laughs) <laughs> that's a hot livery as no one yeah. says <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i mean i i wore one of those uh just the other day go for it
2: oh i was gonna say before before we move move on to your pick i want to uh do a, a bonus pick oh and that okay. is All right. and and that is uh, a friend of mine Uh, Tanya Rao, who lives in the Bay Area, uh, she, uh, inherited a stake in a coffee plantation in India, and she has started Kaveri Coffee Company, K-A-V-E-R-I, and I got, she sent me some coffee, because friends, and, um, I thought you know it's like when your friend this is like your friend telling you that they are writing poetry now and they want you to check it out i was like (laughs) okay i'll i'll drink your coffee from a place that i don't ever drink coffee from and uh to my surprise it's fantastic uh and tanya is so nice i'm just gonna shout out kaveri coffee uh if you like good coffee uh You know, complex, nuanced, um, really just a nice cup of coffee, Kaveri coffee. That's my pick. And it's, you know, unabashedly a pimp and a friend, but it'll be worth it. (laughs) Cool. All right. Neat.
1: Um, So I've done more riding in the rain in the last two weeks than I have (laughs) in a very long time. Um, A few too many days of three hours in 60 degree rain. Uh, I, and believe me, I am so grateful that it was above 60 degrees for all those rides. I am very, very, actually, I think it was in the fifties for one of them, part of it. Anyway, my companion through all this has been the Wahoo fitness element bolt. Um, I've reviewed this previously, uh, mine that I've been riding with is the older version with the black and white display, not the new version with the color display. Uh, there were a few times where I was riding through some of the heaviest rain I've ridden in, perhaps ever in my life, in terms of actually riding through rain, and that includes a tour that I did in Taiwan a few years ago that got a little bit monsoony. Um, I, I <laughs> there was one point I was I couldn't look up; I had to just look down, partly so I could pick my way through the river on the asphalt, um, and partly because the The rain was just coming down in such a heavy way that even with the bill of my cap, I was still getting a lot of rain in my eyes. Um, It was really something. But through all this, at no point did the Element Bolt give me any trouble at all. There was never any fog under the display. There were no problems with the display reading. No button problems where you you push something and something didn't happen or it happened four times. Um, and the weather seal for the micro USB port that you use to charge it was never damp. So while I could talk about all the different functions that the Element Bolt can display, or the mapping features, or the Strava Live Segment integration, its safety functions, including radar, but no, I'm not going to talk about any of that at all. <laughs> I'm recommending the two ninety nine ninety nine Element Bolt For the simple reason that it is possibly the most robust bike computer of any sort that I have ever used in my entire life. There will be a (laughs) link in our show notes. All right. Yeah. uh, Yeah. There was one ride in particular. I just, I was like a soaked
2: cat at the end of it. Um, Yeah. I got to say, I enjoy that. I enjoy that. I I like the point where you become so wet that you can't be more wet. And suddenly there's just like a liberation and you're like, well, I'm doing it now. Now I'm just doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, That was also the ride where I wasn't even out of the driveway before my butt was wet.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. That Um, that
2: is the thing, really. It's the gradual soaking of the chamois.
1: Right. (laughs) And when it's not gradual, as if you were just standing in front of a fire hose, it's like, okay, we're wet now. Yeah. Yeah, it's on. Uh, You know, we're going to do all three hours, I can assure you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, It's, I don't want to say that it's like, uh, you know, Shinrin Yoku, uh, forest bathing. It's not quite like that. But it's got maybe a little, you know, a few notes of it.
2: It's a flavor of that. I, I see that. I definitely see that. Um yeah. it's a it's a it's a metaphorical rebirth. Uh, uh
1: yeah, yeah. Uh it's it's a certain sort of wash and clean, even though by the time I'm home I'm covered in sand and need to be washed differently. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's wash yeah. and exfoliate.
1: <laughs> yeah, um without any of the plastic stuff that's filling up our oceans. Hey. Right. Uh well that's a wrap on another episode of the Pace Line. Uh you got anything fun coming up this weekend, John?
2: I uh I am scheduled to ski some more before all the snow goes away here. Uh, whether my back will let me do that or not remains to be seen, but uh I can tell you that on Monday of this coming week my wife and I will have been together 30 years and um that's awesome yeah i'd pace line pick of a strong happy marriage that's what i would do (laughs) if you can if you have one of those available to you uh for 39.99 you can you should pick that up wherever you can because um it's been everything that's that is terrific and i'm
1: i'm very happy for you buddy uh especially given what we were discussing before we got on this, uh, recording. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, well, uh, and then you're back, you're flying back to LA this afternoon. Uh, not LA, uh, Oakland. Uh, I'll
1: get in. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I meant. (laughs) California is what I will get into Oakland. Yeah. I'll get into Oakland about 10 o'clock and I'll get home. I don't know, 1230 or one. It's a, it's a little bit of a process from there. Yeah. It's going to be a long day. um, uh well, uh something I should mention is uh to kick off my fitting for Outdoors Incorporated, I'm going to be doing a reading slash fit clinic at their bike shop uh in Memphis on Wednesday, March sixteenth not certain of the time just yet, but I believe it's going to be at seven p.m. if it's not at seven, it's probably at eight uh if you're in the area, I invite you to stop by. It'll be a good time before we go we want to let you know that we are going to drop some extra podcasts in your feed, uh, over the coming weeks. It's one thing to tell you, we are all producing some new podcasts. Um, but we figured it might be helpful to give, make it easy for you to give them a try. Um, so you'll, you'll find some extras in there. Um, and if you're not getting us on a service that you prefer, uh, please let us know in our show comments, uh, we will, uh, we will endeavor to get us added to them. Spotify is the one place we can't go. Ha! Huh, uh, send us some questions. We're liking this. Uh, if you've got an idea, please drop by the Cycling Independent and put a suggestion in the comments. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with John Lewis. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.